Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. All right. Here we are. I'm in Studio B in my coronavirus basement. Coming at you live. This is an exciting one. We're going to bring you all sorts of amazing topics here today. I'm excited to introduce my guest. She is a marketing technology professional. She's a conversational marketing trailblazer and evangelist, the senior marketing specialist at Financial Recovery Technologies. Allie Gossman, welcome to the show. Thanks, Casey. I'm excited and I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. This is so cool. And you're surviving. You got enough TP. Good on the food. Oh yeah, you know uh, we're posted up here in Boston and got got our supplies and enjoying the nice spring weather that we've had recently. Besides the snowstorm that came last week for a short. I know set. random rain. snow and it but, hailed the other day too. Um, yeah, craziness. But yeah, it, I think we're it was thirty. In there. Good, good. I think it was like thirty-eight the other day, and I was like, oh, good weather today, you know, oh, yeah. but I, I hope it gets a little bit warmer. Spring is upon us. Yes, yes. We could use a little warm weather to clean out the air here, for sure. Definitely. So, hey, you're here. I, it's amazing. We finally connected. I know we've been scheduling this thing for a while, and we are going to chat about all things conversational marketing. We're going to talk maybe a little bit about health and fitness, because I know you got some expertise there, and we're just going to have a good old time here today, um, virtually doing our social distancing on a podcast. Um, So I want to pass you this. This right now is a virtual Thor's hammer so that we don't pass any viruses. Take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of myth or bogus strategy, some misconception in the marketing world that maybe just drives you crazy. Yeah, um, I think there is a lot going on um, in the marketing industry right now. There's a lot of tools that are accessible um, to all industries. I mean, I'm in financial services, but whether you're in technology, whether you're in e-commerce, whether you're in the sports industry, I mean, you name it. Um, So I think there is this really this misconception. I mean, 
uh, one of the big tools that has become a lot more popular, um, I feel like recently, is conversational marketing. Okay, and those yeah. Are, uh, what people think they are, what they actually are, um, what most people um, think of conversational marketing or the definition is that chatbot on a website. Right. It's tool that people are like, why is this showing up on my browser? Get this away. I don't need this. I'm going to find the information on my own. Um, and I think really what this myth is, is that it's really only your use for service and for B2C companies. Um, they think of it, okay, this is a call center that's some located somewhere in the middle of nowhere or overseas. Um, they may not have the best English. How am I supposed to get the information that I'm looking for? I don't have enough time. Um, or if you're shopping on a website and you're looking for a couch um, and you're like, this is the color that I want. This is the style. This is the right. They'll spit out exactly what you're looking for. think that most people think that is really the only reason that it's used for. Right. Uh, when in actuality, it can be leveraged and used more in uh, B2B and in technology companies, which we have seen a lot of return on our investment for our conversational marketing tools here at FRT. Um, we've used it in a way for lead generation purposes, um, which um, has been great. I mean, we had a deal close within a week and most sales cycles, especially in B2B and in, in technology, that is extremely quickly. A uh, week? A week? Yeah, in a week. Holy so we, cow. Um, I mean, there is a lot of work that comes to put it in the back end. I mean, again, people have this misconception that it's always a person on the other side. It doesn't necessarily always have to be a person. Um, you can set up some experiences. You can have it be um, and leverage technology and automation um, so that someone, you don't have a headcount that's sitting by a computer and in the, in the chat waiting for someone to come through. Yes, that may be more effective for B2C. And for example, I mean, I... Um, was on the phone um, trying to get a hold with my bank earlier this week and I chatted in and I mean right now all chat rooms are really closed <laughs> yeah. distancing and everything but normally there has to be a person on the other side which right. again that's not true either so yes it's uh, it's not necessarily always used for service in B2C it can be used in B2B but it doesn't always have to be a person um, it can be um, a, a robot I guess people would say but it, it doesn't have to be live um, and you can still get um, the results and of what you're looking for by setting that up. Wow. You're, you're smashing like up aggression from uh, probably being stuck in the same place for too long. This is awesome. There's a lot of things going on here. So first of all, the chatbot, not just B2C. And then you, you eventually got into, it's not always, it has to be a person. The other, we'll have to separate these things out. This is really cool. So, not just for B2C, you're right, where we're used to just, you know, chatting up some consumer thing, but it doesn't have to just be in the consumer space. I think we're seeing that, right? We're seeing it coming over to the B2B world, and it sounds like it's been effective for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have it up on our website. Um, we have it on various landing pages, um, different web pages, whether it's product, whether it's our blog, whether it's our resources, and we have those um, experiences set up. So I mean, for our homepage, we positioned it and uh, created the messaging to get more information on who our website visitors actually are. So it's kind of, right. you imagine a marketing funnel of it going top of funnel, MQL, SQL, close one. We pictured this as, okay, our homepage. Let's think about why someone lands on our homepage and get more information of, try to get more information of who they are, but more importantly, of what they're looking so if they're landing, if they're coming to our homepage as a first step, let's guide them quickly and more effectively to what they're really looking for. So right. whether it is going right to our blogs or looking for some industry news, whether it's going to one of our product pages, whether it's going to our career pages. I mean, we've leveraged it for, um, for human resources department because if someone is just um, going around different web pages and they're really looking for some interest of getting more involved in the company, let's get them right to that page right away. Yeah. Uh, and same for contact us. I mean, if there is a prospect out there that immediately, I mean, for the deal that closed within the week, they knew exactly what they were looking for and they wanted that information right away. So they contacted us directly. Let's get them right to that page, right to that form to fill out the information that they're looking for. 
Yeah, I love that you call it experiences too, because it kind of harkens back to like the customer experience, the buyer's journey. Yeah. It's an experience when you come in. It's not just the chat window. Um, tell me about that deal in a week. So they came in, did they hit this kind of experience window that was like, where do you want to go? Like, do you, do you know much of the path that happened? Yeah, so we were using a different provider than we use now. We were using Drift at the time. Now we use Qualified, um, where Qualified has a bit more um, integration with Salesforce and with Pardot and kind of leveraging those insights that's that's in each tool. But with Drift, I mean, we had similar experiences that we do now. And it was really more the individual came to our uh, website. They were on the homepage. And they wanted to contact us immediately to get information. I mean, we're in an industry where it's revolved around class action and monitoring and recovery. So there was a case coming up. They knew that they had a deadline that they needed to hit and they wanted to get in touch, touch with someone right away. Got so it. they went through that experience. Okay. What, what are you looking for? You want to contact us immediately. It took them to that form. And then um, it kind of went through the lead gen process, process of filling out the form. We get notified we pass it on to sales um, and so forth. Got it. it was, they had an intent, knew exactly what they were looking for, had a timeline, and that's why it closed so quickly. But um, without the chatbot, they would have, it could have taken them a little while longer. They would have had to find our um, email distribution list. It would have had to go into Outlook and things like that, where they were able really just to click through, write a short few notes of what they were looking for. And um, it was easy as that. Yeah, I like that. It's so quick and it makes it for better experience. And that mm-hmm. seems like that's the theme. And so what happened, you do, you know, what happens when someone became be, like, they, they went from the chat, right to your contact us, they filled that out. Is that what happened? And then do you have some kind of triggers behind the scenes to like let sales know this is like, this is a, a hot burning love of, of a lead that wants to contact us right now? Yep. So we have it set up with marketing automation. It creates a lead, lead in Salesforce, gathers all that information nice. in that lead record. It gets um, notified that to the sales rep. They get it. Then marketing on behalf will also send a message too, just to make sure that they saw it. it's a hot lead. Um, let's follow up right away. But it's really kind of passing that off um, to the next um, stakeholder. Yeah, I like that. Now, um, I was getting really excited when you mentioned the different kinds of options and understanding what people are looking for and then giving them like a shortcut to it. Walk me through the process. How did you do that? Because I'd love to set that up too. I'd love to figure out, okay, what do people really want? And let's just give it to them in the chat box. Yeah, definitely. So at the time when um, we were implementing this, we really had a brainstorming session um, about what those different scenarios would be. So I put myself in the visitor's shoes and tried to really think about, okay, if I'm going to the homepage, what are are all the options I'm looking for from there? And then if I'm on a product page, again, what are all the things that I'm trying to get out of from here? And on the, besides being on the visitor side, for on for FRT, I mean, we also thought about kind of what information are we looking to get from them. Mm-hmm. So it was it was twofold. So for us, we wanted to think about okay, if they're on this one product page, let's figure out are they what process do they have in place right now? Can we see if we can get more information on maybe if they're using a competitor or what are some of the challenges that they're dealing with. So it was thinking along both sides and really bridging that gap and putting the puzzle pieces together to build those out. Um, and I won't say that it was something that you can do in a day. It really took some time. And um, putting, putting the story together, at least in a couple of days, and then taking a step back and uh, letting it digest and then revisiting it because you want to make sure that you're uh, putting, thinking about everything from all points of view and having it be as um, in-breath and uh, effective as possible so that you can go back and strategically edit it. But at the same time, making sure that at least the first time around, it's not something that you're going to have to do multiple times. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the site right now. It's frtservices.com for those listening. want to check this thing out. Or if you need some services, Um, (laughs) right? Either way, both maybe. (laughs) And and you accept the the cookie, you know, warning. And then after that, the the box pops up and it's like, hi there, welcome to FRT. Let's make sure you get connected to the right resource. Where can we help direct you to? 
choose your FRT journey. I, I like that. It se seems friendly. It seems a little bit fun, like where it's like, come on, it's like choose your journey adventure or something. Like, Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what you were saying about experience. I mean, this yeah. is really all about the prospect or client experience. And I will say that we do have an option on there if they are a client will be able to get or probe some questions, get more information to get them to where they're looking for. A lot of our clients will come to our website and they'll want to get, go to the client portal. Mm. We have a call to action on the website. We haven't dedicated URL to get there, but we found that a lot of our visitors, that's what they were coming to our webpage for. Right. Um, so we want to make sure that they were getting them to, to where they want to be um, as quickly as possible so that no time is wasted. I mean, we all know these days that Time is of the essence at times. <laughs> it is. It is. Unless you're stuck in your house, but it's still the true. essence. Actually, it's even more important now, right? Like every yeah. lead triple counts now uh, to make sure we're actually, you know, following up and get, doing whatever we can right now during this this time. Yeah, yeah, the options, you know, let, let's, you talked us through a couple of them. They're really interesting. So there's the client portal, which you talked about. And that was like that number one thing. Your clients are just looking for your portal. And they're like, where the heck is it? And you mm -hmm. can kind of save them the frustration because they're your valuable customers. You want them to just yeah. know, know where it is? Cool. You didn't bookmark it like you should have? Okay, no problem. Click on the chat bot. Here it goes. Now you get to the portal. What about the other ones? Product information, educational content, careers, other. You mentioned the careers one already. Yeah, so I think educational content is another thing um, that I definitely want to highlight because yeah. um, with – qualified that um, is the provider that we use right now, we're actually able to leverage the chatbot on our landing pages. So again, this is where the awesome. pieces for B2B companies of thinking about how to integrate this in your tool suite for lead generation and nurturing prospects through the marketing funnel. So if they're looking for, like you want, that, that's a hot lead that's downloading a piece of content. Mm. So that's really kind of how, why part of why we implemented this was to be able to increase our lead gen, um, maximize our uh, lead gen process, mm -hmm. and really make sure that we're getting qualified leads that we're passing on to sales. So that educational piece is for those website visitors that are looking to learn more about industry news or some reports that we put together on year in reviews or um, top topics that are going on in the, on, in the industry. And so that resources page is where all those gated pieces of content live. And right. then it gets, the click through goes to our dedicated landing pages where that chatbot can transition to. And again, there, it just helps us and helps them figure out kind of what they're looking for. And then for us, get gather as much information so that we're putting things in front of them and sending them to the right place that they're able to get as much information of what they're looking for and fits into their needs. Right. I like this. And, and I, you know, I clicked on educational content and it's like, cool, what's your email address? So there's a little bit of that capturing that you can start the nurturing right away type of thing. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that people may hesitate towards asking for email addresses mm. right away. I mean, with data and kind of security in the marketplace right now, there is a lot of, um, myths, I guess you could say, or there are a lot of issues around people being comfortable sharing their information. We smash so, myths here, so go ahead. I know. What's <laughs> like the myth? That component there, I mean, it's really more, again, okay, if we have a quality prospect and a quality lead, they'll put their email in there because they're really interested. So it's just a gateway there for us to be able to filter through um, our visitors to make sure and to really get a better understanding of um, what's going to be quality and what's not. Right, right. Really get a sense for, is this person worth following up on? Yeah, you know, can exactly. We, can, can we serve them better? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. This is really cool. And, and uh, people have been putting their emails in there? In yeah, I mean, we still, I mean, we've implemented this for probably a little over a year now. Um, oh, wow. I and there are some things that um, are out of our control. Again, what's going on in society today? Right, tell me about <laughs> um, it. I think yeah. that there are some shifts that we need to make. But at the same time, we've gotten a handful of leads from this. And they've been quality. And they've been deals that have um, gone through the pipeline, are still being worked on. 
But at the same time, um, we've definitely seen activity in emails be submitted. That makes sense. And you know, I, you really got me thinking because, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about nurturing, we're, we, sometimes we get too focused on the people who are going to buy in like six months, but we forget yeah. to really cater to the people who already made up their mind and they might just write us a check tomorrow or in a week mm-hmm. if we answer their question as fast as possible or like reach out and say hi. So I think sometimes, yes, there are the, there's the nurture folks and we're, we'll get them, we'll get a little nurture set up and maybe a complex one, but either way, we'll get some some information let them do their research but the ones that are ready to go like being there and giving them the red carpet treatment it makes so much sense yeah and there's really a a right time and a right place for everything so that's the thing I mean you sure everyone can relate to that there are prospects who are already have a contract in place and that may not be up for another year or two but they're still looking for information right now and they'll put their email address in so like you said that they are a quality prospect, but it's more now of, okay, how can we continue the conversation? How can we keep giving them um, information and resources that will help them when the time comes to be able to turn to us? And that goes to where the data is really important for this and how qualified is integrated into our Salesforce instance. And we're able to pull all that together so that we can create these experience of, okay, we know this prospect is pretty far along. Sales has already been in touch. Now is not the right time. We won't keep plugging and pushing them to contact us. We'll give them something else that's related to um, some enhancements we've made in the portal or new piece right. of thought leadership just to keep us top of mind. So there's a lot you can do um, with these conversational marketing tools and really keeping, um, having those experiences be, be unique, but having it not be too, too aggressive. Right. Huh. I like it. This is, it's yeah. cool. I, I love this topic and I love learning from you. And there's some real practical, tactical items here that we're learning. And it's like, you can deploy this thing. Like think about your customer experience, get this stuff on your site. Like I'm intrigued. I'm inspired. I want to make sure we update our, um, cause we've got chat on there, but it's like, how can we help you? But man, to give people yeah. some options. So yeah, I mean, everyone asks you, how can I help you? But if you're like, Hey, would you like to, which know, those knowledge that? bases are, are great resources. Again, I was, um, looking through something, something else, another one of my subscriptions looking to unfortunately pause it, just given that we are in quarantine right now. Um, it was actually run the runway. And instead I, emailing them first, I did look through their FAQs. So that is something that is definitely useful for this is to have a knowledge base where someone can go to and have those most frequently asked questions. Um, I'm working on a blog series right now of FAQs for each of our products and services um, so that those common questions can be answered. But then at the same time, still, um, if someone's on that page, still giving them other information related to that product and service um, with the chat button, with the data, and kind of all the, those different areas that they may be touching. If they're like on, that. for example, another landing page, we can put those parameters in the back end and set that experience up so that, okay, they're on a landing page for our antitrust recovery pro- uh, product. Let's put in front of them those FAQs just in case they're looking for more. Right, right. And then you can you can see that. You can see what they're looking at. You can get into their mind to be able to – you know, predict, oh, you're probably looking for one of these top three questions. Uh, yeah. They get asked all the time. Here you go. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. You you mentioned qualified. You mentioned drift. Talk us through, like, qualified. Um, you switched platforms. Is there something better about And you mentioned the Pardot connection. I knew we worked together with Pardot for a while. Take me through that process of, like, looking at the different vendors. What, what's your take on the general marketplace these days? Yeah, I think that there it's really um, just coming up in the marketplace. So I yeah. think there are a couple of options right now. Again, a lot are B2C and service focused. So for lead gen and for B2B and for sales and marketing, there's only a couple out there. Again, it's figuring out what your needs are, what your requirements, what your bandwidth are too. For us at FRT, we're a lean team. So that's why we really use it as um, solely as a chatbot. And we have these experiences built out on the back end. You can use some tools and some features are where there is a live person behind it. You get your sales team involved and they're right. able to ping right away when one of their top prospects is on the website. 
So for every firm, it's different. You just have to figure out what your priorities are and how much time you have and where this falls into your tool suite and the importance of it. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. It's funny actually, because when we're implementing Drift, and I mean, this goes to when you're implementing any type of tool that the, we had the chatbot up and it was implemented it was on the website and it ended up actually being my profile on there. So we had some of my coworkers that were joking around and were, were chatting in and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And I freaked out a little bit and then was able to kind of um, reset it all. But yeah. I, it goes into having the implementation right. process and yeah. um, going through those steps diligently. Okay. Um, so it, was, it wasn't for too long. It wasn't like it was overnight. It was only the afternoon when I set it up. But um, it was pretty funny. So, like, do people think they were talking to you when they were chatting? Yeah. Them? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it could be dangerous too, right? Because tied in there. Yeah. You have it unique, and people want to talk to people. That's the one other myth too. Here is that people are hesitant to talk to chatbots, mm-hmm. but it is a very effective um, tool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and sure. Your other point too, the idea, you know, we don't want to trick people. Like, I think that was the, the lame use of the chat bot would be, I'm not really a bot. And it's like, you're totally a bot. I can yeah. smell it with the very first response. It was too fast. It was too this, like, uh, and then it's like, it's gross. But if you're just open and honest, and you're like, hey, this is more of just like a, a window to help you sneak through the longer navigation. Nobody, yeah. nobody box at that. Yep, definitely. Man, this is crazy. How did... Talk to me about marketing automation because I, I know you're a, a power user of marketing automation and a big, big fan of it. Like, wh- how, how do you kind of like connect the two together? And then is marketing automation still relevant when you've got the chat going on? Yeah, so um, I manage obviously our Pardot and our lead generation efforts and, and our marketing automation um, campaigns. And I think it's really a great tool. I mean, you can talk to any marketer and they're not ju- using just one tool in their, in their toolbox. It's multiple. So right. this is something conversational marketing that you can put everything else aside and just focus on this. It's all really a group effort and everything comes together to uh, form that umbrella that uh, is, makes your marketing programs very effective. Right. And so I think that is definitely, definitely holds true. I mean, you still, you need the content to be able to create the experiences in the chat bot. You need uh, prospect lists, lists to be able to gather the data and be able to create um, those, those buyer's journeys yeah. um, and, and everything along that lines. And then I, it's really important that you're working closely with sales. I think that's um, one of my main tips for maximizing marketing automation is to align marketing and sales. You want to work with them to be able to determine what criteria they're looking for, what are the best practices for lead nurturing, and be able to pass on the most qualified leads to their team. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are closing deals. So be in contact with them and figure out what their needs are, what what they like, and um, really make that happen. That's cool that you said that. Like, I, I always like to ask people, especially when they've been using marketing automation for a while, um, you know, their number one tip. And it, it's interesting. Your tip isn't like, oh, make sure you use dynamic lists or something. It's like, hey, your end customer of this work you're doing is sales. Make sure they know what you're doing, you know, and like yeah. align with them and make sure you're giving them what they want. Don't just hang out in your tech all day long in isolation. That's, that's, that's such a powerful tip, right? It's yeah. like get outside the tech and, and think about who's downline from it, who is going to be receiving all this stuff, the alerts, the notifications, the leads, quote unquote, if they are or aren't. They're the most important ones. Yeah, no, definitely. What about the future? I know we're kind of like all locked in our basements and you have a window, which is awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sunlight in here is nice. <laughs> 100%. I, I built this home office like a couple years ago and have been going to an actual office, but then it's nice to every now and then have this, but there's no windows. So I've been kind yeah. of like, got to make sure I step outside and go for a walk every now and then. Otherwise I turn into a vampire. So, <laughs> you know, um, question for you though, the future. I don't know if you can see past the next couple of months, but um, let's, you know, we're outside the tunnel. We've come through. We're out. We can able go in public now. Social 
distancing is gone. It's replaced by hugs for everyone, right? So <laughs> what's exciting you about marketing? Or, or is there anything that's coming around the, the, the bend that you want to take a closer look at? Yeah, well, I think that conversational marketing, I think it's just at the, at the beginning. I think that there's yeah. a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of developments that are going to be happening. And I mean, even for us, get bringing on um, our sales team to be able to have them get 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 more involved and, and book meetings. There's a lot of features around that. Again, I, I spoke about aligning marketing and sales. And so I think for conversational marketing, there's definitely... Um, that opportunity there. It's it's already there, but there will be more to be able to um, help their the sales effort. That's and a good I, point. Too, exactly what we're doing right now. I think podcasts are going to be become huge. I mean, you even see in the past few weeks with this social distancing that everything's going virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's always been those virtual meetings and the webinars, but podcasts are definitely going to going to spike. They they already are, but there's going to um, be, be an increase in using that. I mean, it's quick content. It's easily accessible on any device and, uh, people, people like that. That's what people want. They want something that that's easy. Um, that's useful and that's, um, can give them what they're looking for right away. So I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) They really do. Do you guys have a podcast yet? We don't, but we're exploring, exploring those options for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I find, um, whoever's doing it, if it's their jam, then it's just fun. It's not even work. So this, this is like definitely not even work for me um, though. It creates great content. You know, like you never run out of content after these, you know, an hour long conversation about conversational marketing, man, all the tweets we can tweet about this, all the little clips we could, we could create a blog post about this. So much content comes out of it. And usually that's people's, you know, Achilles heels. They don't have the content to power the marketing automation or, or the chat. Um, so mm-hmm. it definitely is a content, bonanza like i have plenty of too much content we have too much content right so people like stop <laughs> you never have too much content <laughs> <laughs> oh it, it, it exists <laughs> yeah um but um yeah yeah podcasts are definitely interesting you, you gotta still make a good show but i guess if you're speaking to your audience and i've always said like if you make a show that you would enjoy listening to then other people will too yeah no definitely and we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little later when i get into some of my hobbies but i actually listen to podcasts when i run so like oh. a long commute but um there's really all all there's never a time that you don't have the opportunity to listen to a podcast if you want to it's so true what do you like to listen to so i have really been into it's called it's on npr how i built this oh, um, yeah. how, how companies got started and really their story and the strategies behind that um i've really been into origins podcast i listened most recently to um how the cast of curb your enthusiasm that um they just released season 10 so i was very excited about that um you can't miss on serial those um crime ones um i like the first one i I didn't like the second season you know yeah Yeah. but the first one was like oh my what do you think did he do it or didn't he do it I know, I know, it's hard. Um, I only listened to the first season, so I haven't been on second, but... No, no, just the first season. What, do you think he oh, did it? Oh, the first season? Uh, oof, I think he definitely did it, but everyone yeah. had a mix of opinions there. And then yeah. in the daily, um, they post great podcasts just to understand what's going on um, yep. in society. And then Robin Hood Snacks, I'll give them a plug. Um, you got your 20-minute market news, um, which is which is great. Especially for, I feel like the millennial generation that um, isn't used to, or some people are, but going through the newspaper or put, turning on CNN or Market Watch or channels yeah. like that, that snacks really gives a gives the information in a very uh, easy, easily digestible way. To, yeah, there's something um, for everyone, right? There's in, yeah. not even just everyone. There's like different varieties of every topic. You know, marketing, yeah. stocks, reporting, fitness mystery mm-hmm. and there's all different kinds some are highly edited some are just conversations and i'm, yep. I'm a big fan of like joe rogan's show and tim yep. ferris who are like polar opposites tim ferris is like super edited super yeah. succinct all prepped questions joe apparently preps nothing oh wow zero prep he, he shows up hey buddy how's it going you know yeah no, that's, not, that's a terrible <laughs> joe rogan impression but he's like hey you know maybe that's a yeah. super high joe rogan impression but um yeah Either way, yeah. But that's just, like the whole thing with Larry David that like on, yeah. I think the beginning episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, he would go because they're all 
um, improv and he would go without even a script without anything. And some of the cast members, I mean, they were saying that they were fortunate to have the improv experience because like they would have no idea what to expect. So you gotta be quick. On <laughs> I didn't realize that. So he was just improving for a lot of that. Yeah. So if you origins is great. So they do curb your enthusiasm. I think ESPN 30 for 30 is another series on there. Sex and the city is on there. Oh, wow. So, on to listening to to some of those, but they're really interesting. I mean, it's great. I mean, in 45 minutes, you can get a lot. Yeah, I think the challenge is going to be like finding these things, you know? Yeah. There's so much good content. And it's like content overload. So you just got to figure out what you like, but then it yeah. goes to. <laughs> and like searching through, and and I mean, Netflix hasn't even figured out their filter because they still show me I crazy know. stuff. <laughs> um, but I actually think it's like a, it's a, it's a conspiracy theory. I think Netflix wants you to watch some TV, but not too much TV. Yeah. Because they want you to binge, but then they also want you to not binge so they don't have to pay the TV show for, for the show. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they hide some stuff and they kind of like make it kind of blah. So I don't know. We actually yeah. um, just got Disney Plus too, which is a massive I do have Disney Plus, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they've got some like, um, there's like a nostalgic section, which is like, yeah. like all the old school good disney movies mm-hmm. um so we've gone through a bunch of those also the ones that are like kind of like fun because they're like the 70s or the early 80s when yeah. stuff was silly um but it's got, those like, classic one, disney movies yeah. that the kids now are not used to where it's like oh how could you not watch that <laughs> right we we just watched um together like the cat from space or something yeah it, it was like super actually it wasn't that bad but like it's a cat his name is jake he's from outer space but like yeah, check it out. It's on Disney Plus. Highly recommend it. That's like um, Xenon that series. Xenon, not um, yeah, early twenty first century, which I guess is almost going to be the twenty first century. But that one was like one of the Disney original movies that I watched in my childhood, and it's on there. Um, and it's like for kids growing up right now, that's not what they think of. I mean, they potentially who knows if they still think of like High School Musical as a Disney movie. <laughs> So there's a lot on there, which it, which is good to see. I think it all goes back of that client experience and figuring out, getting that information. What are client? What are people looking for as the end user? And then what can you do to to give them that? So it's like Disney Plus. You said it has that nostalgia um, genre or that category that you can go in and it'll give you what they think is all the nostalgic movies. So it really can be used. Those kind of scenarios of how it's thought out. For many different experiences yeah that makes total sense and you know we we kind of like it affects how we buy other things because we're so used to yeah getting it the way we want it on some of these apps it makes total sense that it kind of just bring it back around on on the podcast thing like it's giving the people to make their own content and i think in the past there was video hosting apps and it was like well i don't have a studio and I can't make it look super slick, but with podcasting, mostly people are listening. Like even this show, yeah. we do have YouTube people. If you want to see our smiling faces, but <laughs> I digress. Most people are listening like you. You're running, you're out doing something. You're probably not driving much lately, but like, you know, yeah. you're out and about or you're relaxing and you can just close your eyes and listen. And most people Yeah, definitely. Cool. Cool. Well, here's my question. Like, who are you? How did you get all these experiences? Take us back to like little alley days. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, I'm from Boston, 25 minutes outside the city. So born and raised Boston sports fan. Yeah. Um, for all you listeners who, who can relate. Um, I grew up with three sisters. So a house of all girls. So you can only imagine that. Wow. My, uh, one of the best. Uh, to be able to put up with all of us. Uh, He's amazing. So there was definitely a lot of chaos, but it was a lot of fun to always be able to do an activity with someone. One of the, I do have a twin sister, so um, we live together now. So definitely always a partner in crime. Uh, Nice. Where where are you in like the ages? Are you, you two the older ones or the younger ones? So so we're in the middle. So we have an older sister and a younger sister. Um, So the younger five years younger my older sister is two years older so it's a good age difference but um but it's definitely good I mean I we did a lot of things together as a family so I'm very family oriented we're all in Boston now so uh it's tough times right now not to be able to do our family dinners or things like that especially we're a family of six 
um, and then significant others along the way. So oh, when like, you know, more than 10 people sometimes causes, may cause an issue, but right now we're, we're making do. Yeah. Um, I mean, holidays and, you know, yep. sports events and all the that. Full house, full yeah. house for holidays, even going to sporting events. It's like, we got to kind of pick and choose, choose wisely because we can't have one go and not all. <laughs> right. Right. So, so yeah. So, I mean, what was that like? And then how did you figure out you're eventually going to go to school? Did, did you have any idea what you wanted to do early on? Yeah. So, um, I mean, as we grew up, I mean, there's definitely more competition. We were all very much involved in sports, whether it's town or whether it's through, um, the school that we, that we went to middle school and high school. Um, I would say that it was definitely healthy competition though. It taught us a lot to be a team player and it's definitely for me, gotten me to where I am today. So, um, I had no idea at the, the start of everything growing up that I wanted to do business or marketing. That really came um, once I got to high school and then did, went through the whole college application process. So um, I did go to school for business uh, with a concentration in marketing. I went to George Washington University down in D.C. Oh, nice. Uh, being did in you city, know? Really like, did amazing. you know? Like, why, why choose that? Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to be in a city. I wanted to be around things. I love doing things, whether it's traveling, whether it's uh, being active. I mean, just, I guess being able to relax is definitely a struggle of mine, but I've gotten used to it or I've gotten uh, to do it more now, being quarantined. Yeah, you have to, right? There was always something to do. I mean, in D.C., I mean, all the museums the restaurants, the different areas. I mean, it, it was a really, really great time. And so that's something that I definitely knew I wanted to, uh, that I wanted to get out of my college experience. So um, I was down in DC. I um, was fortunate to study abroad. A lot of college programs have that. I was in London. Um, so What was that like? It was amazing. I mean, yeah. I did a lot of traveling at the time, but again, for that, for my business marketing focus, it was a lot of understanding the different cultures, which is something that I'm really interested in. And it helped me with um, my work experience to be able to understand how do you communicate with in different regions, in different cultures, because nothing's going to be the same. I mean, you have to think from a a larger perspective and even now for who are your economic buyers, who are those people and how do you uh, position that messaging that's going to fit with them. Um, We're a global company, so we have um, definitely efforts in in Australia, in Asia, in Europe, and then of course in the U.S. and Canada. So everyone, each, each region has to be looked at potentially differently. Um, not just because of the language differences and some grammatical spelling, but again, the priorities for each region are different. Um, so being abroad helped me definitely realize that. Um, and then going back, I mean, being in DC, being a city, I worked basically every semester. I try to get as much work experience as I could to be able to complement with the courses that I was taking. And that I definitely um, really value and appreciate that I was able to do whether it was figuring out what I like, but at the same time, figuring out what I don't like. I mean, there were definitely some some jobs that I was like, okay, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, you're going to do some grunt work. That's part of being an intern, but it was realizing, okay, this is the industry that I don't necessarily think I want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, So... What kind of things did you try? By the way, that's the best advice for the college people. It's just like, yeah, try stuff. Did you mm-hmm. did you have any crazy experience? Like any any wacky jobs you tried that were like, well, this is not for me. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I did not do any type of experience working in politics or be working on the hill or anything sure. like that. Maybe one of the my regrets, but I um, was not a political science major or anything like that. That wasn't something that interested me too much to build my career out. Sure. Um, I did some stuff in real estate investment, which I thought that's kind of the route that I wanted to go in, but realized that it wasn't. Um, there are a lot of opportunities there, but um, I mean, even so, there were some like retail jobs that I had that it's it's you put yourself in in a sales um, position and with some quotas that you had had to meet, and that definitely there um, was when I was like, I don't not sure I necessarily want to be in sales. I enjoy very much talking to people, but being on your feet all day, that's something that I was like, okay, maybe I'll look into something different. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a variety of things. And and I love that you said that it's you know important to figure out what you like just as much as what you don't like. 
like eliminating something can be just as helpful. I realized early on, like I didn't like PR because it was all about connecting some really cool business person or someone who was doing amazing things with a really cool writer who's going to write all about it. And I was like, I would rather be one of those other two people than the one actually connecting them. Like I'll be the CEO person or I'll be the reporter person, but I don't want to be just like, Hey, so-and-so meet so-and-so. Okay. I'll just step back and let you guys, I'm like, no, I want to be in that conversation. So I was like, PR, not for me. Um, So it's so helpful, you know, to like figure out what you don't like just as much as what maybe you do. Yeah, no, definitely. So that's cool. I mean, DC, London, you've just traveling all over the place just yep <laughs> adding all the experiences into your backpack and coming oh, yeah. back to Boston <laughs> it's crazy um if if you were to look back um it maybe you know you get a time machine by the way I do have a time machine up it's up in New Hampshire you can't come visit it now because <laughs> you know quarantine but later on maybe once it's all ends <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you can rent it <laughs> it takes good. credit cards um if you could go back in time How about Venmo though Venmo? Uh, not yet, but we'll work on not it. Bit, bit, we'll do Bitcoin too in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, if, if you could hop back in a time machine and go back and visit yourself, like maybe at the beginning of when you first went to school or even like maybe just as soon as you graduated, like beginning of your career, um, if you will, because I know you were working constantly throughout it. So wh- wherever you want to go back in time, what would you advise yourself? Like, what would you tell yourself? You've been to so many places. You've seen so many things. You've tried so many jobs. Um, what kind of advice would you have for yourself? Yeah, so I um, have a few. Um, I'd say first one would be take risks and be okay with being uncomfortable. I think I learned a lot about that um, when I was abroad. And I was at uh, an American school abroad. So one thing there is that I wish that I looked at and considered more programs that were local. Um, That was one thing that did make me nervous of being around people that, uh, I mean, London, a lot of them, it's English speaking, so that's not an issue, but doing something that was more immersive uh, into the culture. But yeah, take those risks and be okay with um, not being 100% confident of the situation that you're going to be in because you're going to grow a lot from that. Um, and then another one would be to listen to your intuition, um, listen to your gut and don't second guess anything because a lot of the time you'll end up going back to, to that choice, um, that you first thought of after going through and thinking of all the other, um, options. And yeah, then, that's so true, right? You're like, Oh, I knew that I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done that. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And then don't sweat, sweat the small stuff. I mean, things come up that are, can be out of your control and it may be hard. You may have made that mistake and it could have been related to human error, but it's all learning experience. So take, take that and know next time, okay, I need to do this differently, but yeah. that it's going to be okay. Especially in marketing. I think one of the biggest things one of my old coworkers always said to me was that um, it's just marketing. And yes, it is. And marketing is very important, but um, it's okay things happen and um, you'll learn from it. You'll be able to turn it around um, and make the best of it. Yeah. Your marketing campaign might die or it won't die. It might languish with a few clicks, yeah. but you know, no one's actually dying. Right. So yeah. and you, you can come Fortunately, back. Fortunately, we're not curing cancer or right. like the public service people right now that are helping uh, that are doing right. things for everyone that's going through the COVID-19. Um, so uh, the end of the day, it's just marketing. Yeah, superheroes. But, you know, at the same time, we're kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, there's many yes. stories of, you know, sometimes you might be helping someone um, help someone else, right? So, like, you've empowered maybe one of your clients is doing some, going to be doing some great things. So, there's always that kind mm-hmm. of like connection, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. As if they sell widgets and you're like, I don't really care about widgets, but you care about people and the people mm-hmm. in the company that you're helping out. So, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, that's awesome advice. You're, like, so wise. So wise. Oh, thank you. Must be all the travel, all the crazy, <laughs> uncomfortable experiences in uh, yeah. foreign lands. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky for what's gotten me to where I am today and what will hopefully take me to where I go in the future. So, Right, right. So let's talk about what you do when you're not at work and how it's – has it changed or not? I know you're huge into fitness. You're, you're huge into, like, ultra relays. You had one coming up in May, but, like – what are you doing these days? Yeah, so um, I'm a very active person. So you you touched on it, and I spoke about it a little bit before. But I'm training right now for an ultra marathon. 
Um, it's 3,260 miles um, across the U.S. from California to New York for an organization called MS Run the U.S. So it's to fundraise um, for multiple sclerosis and those um, those that are going through the research and support for those individuals wow. and those organizations. And You're so, run 3,000 miles. Time is spent through training. <laughs> Um, but besides that, I mean, that is, hold on, hold on. You're going to run 3,260 miles. No, 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 no. It's a team of 19 people. Sorry. I forgot about okay. that. So it's a team of 19 people. So, um, I am one segment of that. The world um, is getting out their calculators. How much does that mean? You're. Yeah. So it's, um, I, my segment's 188 miles in seven days. Wow. So, um, but unfortunately right now, given everything, it's been postponed indefinitely. I know. Um, interest of the runners and the health of the the crew communities and families uh, but it's a great organization definitely check it out ms what's it called ms run the u.s okay uh great organization um spreading spreading awareness about about ms that um a lot of people may not know about and to support and fundraise for them so it's a great that's organization great. that i'm really happy to be involved in um, yeah shout out to those guys and gals like that's awesome that's a great yeah that's a great cause for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do it in some active way, that's awesome. Have you yes. been able to stay active? Uh, yes. I've been lucky, at least in Boston. We um, Our shelter in place isn't um, not allowing us to be outside. Nice. Um, so I've been run, running a lot outside, which is nice and thankful for the weather that we're in. I did go through a lot of um, dealing with the New England winters. So, But it, it's taught me taught me a lot about myself, which is, has, it's been great. And again, goes before of all the experience that I've had. It's gotten me to where I am today. Yeah. Um, I'm very thankful for. So, But aside from all that, um, I very much like to cook and try new recipes. Cooking and baking. I get um, a lot of my recipes from my grandmother. So that, that um, those that are passed down um, cook for many of the big holidays for my family, which I really enjoy. Um, and that goes again, I am very much a family oriented. So spending time with family and friends, whether it's uh, watching a sporting event, going to the movies, walking around the city, any, anything like that, just being with them is really important to me. Um, do, and then, do you have a favorite baking recipe? Favorite baking recipe. Um, I am very much known for my ice cream cakes. So I make those for many of my family and friends' birthdays. How do you wait? So is that so I, like the Carvel yeah, ones? People get confused. <laughs> so I don't make the ice cream on my own. It's more putting the cake together. So I do make the Oreo layer and then put the ice cream on and then uh, make the whatever frosting it may be and then decorate it. Wow. Yeah. How, does it feel wrong murdering all those Oreos? Or does it work out in <laughs> a the little end? bit? But but they taste really good when you mix them with butter. So <laughs> think oh, butter. Oh wow! Well, you put butter with it. That what keeps it <laughs> yes, all together. That's what keeps it all together. So, um, but yeah, that's one of my top recipes as for baking. Geez, that sounds healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's awesome. I guess if you're running every day, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I we talked about before. I mean, I love to travel. I love exploring new cities. So that was one thing I definitely got more into when I was abroad. Um, it is on my bucket list to go to all seven continents, including Antarctica, believe it or not. Hell yeah. I'm go in. there. So um, I paid, I believe, four of them. So I have Antarctica, South America, and Africa still to go to. So um, we'll see. But now with the travel bans, it may be a little hard for this year. Um, right. But um, I got plenty of time. So Well, I was supposed to be going and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in oh, July. Wow. Um, July 27th, if you want to add that to your list, I, definitely, <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah, happen, but hopefully by <laughs> July we're out and about, that'd yeah. be fantastic. But yeah, same here. I haven't been to Africa, love to go. And then just booked a trip, booked a flight. And so that's awesome. If everyone's feeling better, I'm hopping on a flight 30,000 hours worth. Yeah. I, I hope so for you. Um, but yeah, Africa, you know, Antarctica too. I just saw, I don't know if you've seen, there's some like YouTube travel people like travel people on youtube yeah a lot of them um there's this couple named uh kara and nate okay i'll check it out they just went to antarctica on this like super cool ship excursion but it was like several days and um they would let them they would set up different events every day like one they could do like a quick polar bear plunge hop off the side of the ship and they were like they were roped up and and they 
climb back up so they could be in the Antarctic for like a second and like they're like oh, wow, wow. There was, or they give them a shot before they go so they can have a little um, um and then another time they actually gave them sleeping bags and they found like a land they, they would land on Antarctica several times and they like camped out overnight on Antarctica um, oh wow like that's really cool but yeah I mean, it's it's part of, I don't know, it, it makes you who you are. So for those people that are adventurous like that, it's kind of like, why not? Right. So, and the lessons that you learned are, are in value. Totally. Do you have that same paradox where you're like, wow, the world is so big, but also so small at the same time? Yes. And I've even gotten that from being in Boston, which is crazy. I mean, Boston's not not a huge city. It's nothing like New York. It's nothing like LA. But at the same Thank time, God. so much to see. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but no, I definitely uh, believe in that. Speaking of Boston, I don't know if it's too soon, but, uh, our beloved goat has gone down to Tampa. I know it's tough. I, I will say that I have one of the TB12 water bottles and I have not used it, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I, for we'll sure. see if it gets used again, but maybe someone in Tampa wants that. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I had to unfollow my Instagram cause it's just too much. I don't want to see, yeah. I don't want to see all this stuff. I don't want Oh, thanks guys. Thank, no, I know. I know you're, yeah. I'll be, I'll be good. Just give me five years. I'll recover from this. Yeah. Um, and even while we're I mean, COVID I'm very too. lucky. Yeah. I'm very lucky for the things I've saw, I've seen in my lifetime growing up in Boston and the championships that we've won. My dad will tell my sisters and I that being like, you guys don't really know anything else, which I don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We're so spoiled. <laughs> um, it may be, it may be good to be kind of optimistic about the whole thing, to be able to uh, see how things are rebuilt um, right? and where achievements can still be made. For sure. And we still have Belichick, right? Knock on yes, my that is true. desk. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> um, I hope this counts. We're here at Drywall, just in case. Stay with us, Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, when, when, when he leaves in like, say, 50 years or maybe after I'm um, dead and gone that'll be fine belichick and then you can depart yeah. then um i'll probably just switch to mls soccer or something <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's like okay i don't know i don't want to we'll be like the cleveland browns at that point it'll be terrible yeah sorry Ohio. all they keep playing are all the reruns on on espn and everything so we were yeah. actually watching the the super bowl over the over the weekend and we we're like we know what happens but we we're like that catch was best catch of all time of edelman so we oh, watched, yeah. and then you realize what those little things were that that he did and where it was like, wow, that is actually unbelievable. <laughs> oh yeah. And the interceptions and the, I actually went to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. Oh they, wow. That's they lost awesome. the Eagles, but it was still, it was like an amazing experience. To, to yeah. Definitely. And now we don't get another one. Well, maybe we will. I know. Maybe, maybe in a couple of years. Maybe. We'll build it back up. We'll have, find some oh, other yeah. Tom Brady, some other TB12 mm -hmm. out there. He's just yep. graduating high school right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hurry up and get in our team. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, where can people connect with you? Um, what are some good platforms for them to reach out, connect, learn more? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. It's Allison Gossman, Gossman with one S. Um, you can also, so I are the company's financial recovery technologies. So Casey mentioned earlier, www.frtservices.com. Yep. Um, and for myself as well, um, I'm on Instagram at Allie Gossman. So that's A-L-L-Y-G-O-S-M-A-N. Um, I'm on Twitter as at Allie underscore Goss. Um, and those are really the main platforms that I'm on. But definitely feel free to reach out. I'm on Facebook as well, Allie Gossman, if you can find me. Um, give me a friend request. I'm always open to having a discussion. And I basically will accept any anyone. Yeah, <laughs> so, super uh, welcoming. Who knows but, who I could meet? So um, yeah. happy conversation whether it's marketing related life related um you name it fitness marathon maybe they want to sponsor yep. your run for sure you know yes. when it eventually happens hopefully soon i know cross your fingers <laughs> right um yeah absolutely well this has been awesome thank you so much for coming on here and just kind of sharing your knowledge on conversational marketing and chatting podcasts and all those good things with us yeah, no, thanks, Casey, for having me. This this was awesome. Um, it's the first first podcast I've been on. Um, second, I was on a webinar with Qualified. Um, for people who are interested in learning more about conversational marketing, definitely go check that out. Um, but this has been a great experience, and it's definitely going to be the future. So I look forward mm -hmm. to doing more um, and getting getting more experience and more involved in them. 
Hell yeah. And for those listening, if you learned something, and I know you did because I literally have two pages of notes over here, then <laughs> share this with someone. Be a thought leader to one person or two people or like a hundred people or a thousand. Hey, whatever number you want to pick, but share this. Be the person that shares content and insight and wisdom with other people. Um, just because you learned, you heard it here, now you can pass it on. Now you're the source. So Awesome. Thank you again, Allie. This is like so much fun. We'll have to check back in and, uh, and, and talk through marathons and sports post we get out of this thing and uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, definitely. Happy to be um, happy to be here and happy to help in whatever way you need down the road. All right. You bet. You bet. For everyone listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors, Cheshire Impact helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to Qualified.com, engage in the chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you and that book will be on its way to your door. All right, we'll see you all in the next one.